Hello there everyone, I hope you're keeping well. This week's edition of the Black Country Talking News is for the 26th of October 2022. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org org forward slash talking dash news as a podcast via services such as apple or spotify or as a free cd simply contact beacon center on 01902 880 we hope you enjoy this week's edition hello and thanks for joining us speaking for us this week we have myself rob mina pete helen angela christine liz and of course, flashback Roger. In this week's edition, we have an update from Beacon, some local news in the black country, and the quiz with Mina, news from Wolves and West Bromwich Albion, a did you know section from flashback Roger, the weather, news about our 2023 calendars and diaries, and rounding us off, we have an article about the Wolves footballer, Billy Wright. However, we start with a reminder. Don't forget the clocks go back one hour this Sunday, so do be sure to change any clocks that require manual adjustment taking them back by one hour. We have now then, as always, some local news, brought by Liz, Christine, myself Rob, and first up, it's Angela. Roads were blocked off and bus services delayed and rerouted after heavy rain caused flash flooding across the region last week. Roads across parts of the region were hit with unexpected flooding as drains struggled to cope with larger than normal amounts of rain with city centre roads and quiet avenues alike hit by flooding. In Wolverhampton city centre, the section of the city centre ring road heading past the former site of the city market was flooded, with the area between the entrance to the crossing lights submerged. In Starbridge, a vehicle had to be recovered after being submerged between the junction of Old Ham Lane and Wollaskirt Road, with the road cordoned off until the water subsided, and motorists asked to find an alternative route, while Dibdale Road in Lower Gornal was also blocked due to flooding. Spring Road in Ettingshaw, Wolverhampton, was hit by bad flash floods as drivers ploughed through deep water. There was also localised flooding at the entrance to Gallagher Retail Park in Wensbury. Bus services across the region were also affected by the flooding, with buses diverted away from flooded areas in Pendiford, Blackheath, Dudley and Warsaw. Cyclists in a Dudley suburb have branded their area's only cycle lane as pathetic. The communities of Cradley Heath and Wollascott have one cycle lane only 60 metres long. Residents and councillors say the markings on the Barrack Lane junction with Park Road takes just a few seconds to ride and is a waste of time unless more lanes are created. According to council maps, wards in the north of the borough, such as King's Winford, already have whole networks of cycling lanes. Off the back of Dudley hosting the road cycling events in the Commonwealth Games, Cradley Heath councillor and keen cyclist Richard Boddy said it is pathetic. Councillor Boddy has also highlighted several roads which could be narrowed across the ward to make space for cycle lanes. He said, Cradley and Willescott have many streets, especially main linking roads, that could be quite cheaply narrowed by installing a cycle lane. That would assist with traffic calming, a healthier lifestyle and a cleaner environment. Less speeding, safer cycling and less traffic. Linking towns with narrower roads containing cycling lanes seems one possible and cost-effective solution. More human muscle-propelled activity and less driving must equate to healthier hearts, 
safer communities and a better local environment, yet Dudley Council does nothing. In response, Dudley Council has said it is looking to improve cycling infrastructure across all wards in the borough, but initially the focus will be on key corridors. Councillor Shaz Salim, Cabinet Member for Highways and Public Realm, said, The Council is in the process of developing a borough-wide cycling and walking plan which will identify priority routes for improved cycle infrastructure. Initially, the focus will be on key corridors linking main centres, followed by more local links to help people access areas of employment, education and leisure. Opportunities to improve cycle infrastructure in all wards will be considered as part of this work. Fuel prices are on the rise again across the Black Country and Staffordshire, with some stations increasing their petrol and diesel prices over six pence in the last few days. In Wolverhampton, Sainsbury's petrol station at their St Mark's store on Raglan Street is now the cheapest in the city for both petrol and diesel. This comes as Total Energies on Dudley Road, Wolverhampton, maintained its title as the cheapest service station across the Black Country and Staffordshire for several months, but now the supermarkets have closed the gap on the independent petrol stations. The Total Energies station on Dudley Road saw queues of vehicles lining up to fill up with the cheapest fuel and even extended their hours to a 24-hour service from Monday to Saturday. Average prices have risen for the first time since July, with the average litre of petrol in the UK costing 162.8 pence and average litre of diesel costing 181.9 pence. Dudley Council's finances have been rated as extreme. This according to a report published by the Council at the end of September, which shows a £13.5 million shortfall in the current financial year. A statement from the report says, Cabinet should note that it is still early in the financial year and that the forecast is uncertain, but this is a significant adverse variance with potentially severe implications for the ongoing medium-term financial strategy. Corporate Risk Register recognises the risk that the Council may be unable to set and or manage its budgets so that as to meet its statutory obligations within the resources available. In view of the worsening outlook, this risk has been elevated to the maximum rating of 25, extreme. The news comes following the Grant Thornton report that one in six councils are now in danger of running out of money in the UK next year. It is believed international events such as the war in Ukraine, as well as a lack of funds from central government, have increased the strain on councils' finances. When asked at a recent cabinet meeting if the bleak and worrying picture presented by the report of the council's finances mean the council is at risk of running out of money. Councillor Steve Clark, Cabinet Member for Finance and Legal Services, said, We have got challenges ahead, but at this point, we have not run out of money. This is combined with the news that the council corporate electricity prices have increased by 80% from October 1st. Gas prices will increase by 80% from the 1st of April, and these will increase by more than 30%. The combined impact of these is expected to be around £2.7 million. In a separate statement... Councillor Steve Clark has noted that the council will assess its financial position and bring in a new budget plan in December. Councillor Clark said, The council is currently assessing the financial position and will bring draft budget plans in a report to Cabinet in December. That report will set out any proposed changes to services which in themselves will be subject to consultation before any final decisions are made. Up next, we hear from Helen, who of course has for us the Beacon Update. Hi everyone, it's Helen from Beacon. How are you? First up this week, we're delighted to be launching a new Sight Loss Advisor paid internship at Beacon. The role is part of Thomas Pocklington Trust and RNIB's Get Set Progress programme for blind and partially sighted people who want to take the next step in their career and it's ideal for someone looking to make a difference for others through advice, information and guidance. No experience is necessary and will provide training on the job. Applications will close on Monday, October the 31st 
Halloween and you can find out more and apply on our website www.beaconvision.org forward slash jobs or give us a ring 01902 880 and we can tell you more about it. Now, ho, ho, hold it right there. See what I did. We've got some exciting festive news for you. We're delighted to let you know that new for 2022, we've got our very own Santa's Grotto. Youngsters will be able to come and meet the man himself during our annual Santa run at West Park in Wolverhampton on the 4th of December 2022. For just £5 per entry, children will be able to write a Christmas wish letter and make their own reindeer food ready for Christmas Eve whilst they wait their turn with Father Christmas who'll give them a small gift to take home. It will be a festive morning to remember as you'll also have the option of buying tickets to take part in our Santa run or you can cheer on our participants from the sidelines. The grotto will be open between 10am and 12pm and you can head to our website www.beaconvision.org forward slash Santa hyphen run hyphen 2022 to find out more. I'll give you that again just in case you need it. It's www.beaconvision.org forward slash Santa hyphen run hyphen 2022. Now, we so appreciate all your donations to our shop as they help us support people with sight loss when they need us the most. Whilst our shops are closed though, please keep hold of any items that you'd like to donate as leaving them outside can cause a hazard and they're likely to get damaged. If you'd like to find out where our shops are and when they are open, you can head to our website, www.beaconvision.org forward slash shops. Now last this week, how often do or did you used to check the time each day? Well, as you may know, living with sight loss, something as seemingly simple as a time check isn't that straightforward. But devices like a talking watch that we recently shared a video of on our social media channels can give you the time at the touch of a button. To find out more, why not give our sight loss advisors a call? Ring them 01902 880 or you can email them at inquiries at beaconvision.org. That's inquiries at beaconvision.org. That's it for this week. I'll be back soon. Cheers that update, Helen. Up now, we're our next block of local news, and starting this one off, we first hear Christine. Four black country sites have been included in a bid to host government investment zones that could boost the region's economy by £4.7 billion a year. The West Midlands Combined Authority, WMCA, has made formal bids for six zones which will see businesses benefit from low taxes and relaxed planning rules in a bid to boost growth. Political and business leaders across the region said the proposals would help regenerate and lift up deprived areas of the West Midlands. Investment zones are one of the few remaining features of the government's mini-budget announced by Kwasi Kwarteng before he was sacked as Chancellor. The Black Country plans feature a zone along the Wensbury Briley Hill Metro extension, including housing and employment in Dudley Town Centre, Briley Hill and Lye. Schemes for housing and industrial space have been proposed for Wensbury and Tipton. Wolverhampton's scheme centres on a green innovation corridor to the north of the city, as well as housing and employment sites in the city centre. Bosses say the zones will make it easier, quicker and cheaper for the private sector to do business, helping to attract significant inward investment. West Midlands Mayor Andy Street said the region had submitted a strong array of options to the government. The plans have been backed by Leveling Up Secretary Simon Clark, who said the region would be an ideal home for investment zones. Analysis by the WMCA claims the zones have the potential to boost the region's economy by more than £4.7 billion a year, creating 65,128 new jobs, 18,616 new homes and 3.1 million square metres of commercial space. 
a decision on the first tranche of investment zones is expected on November 2nd. Development of a major housing plan for Wolverhampton will cost around £290,000 and is likely to be completed by early 2025, it has been revealed. Council chiefs are putting together their own plan, as well as Sandwell, Warsaw and Dudley, after the controversial Black Country plan fully collapsed. The original plan would have seen more than 77,000 homes built up to 2039 across the four areas, with around 7,700 set for Greenbelt land to the anger of campaigners. But it fell apart when Dudley Council's leader, Councillor Patrick Harley, withdrew from the scheme and would not sacrifice parcels of land, including sites such as Hull Beach Lane in Kings Winford, to keep others happy. Now it has emerged, Wolverhampton Chiefs are working rapidly to develop a new plan, which will be ready by early 2025, to cover a period up to 2040. Each of the remaining authorities, Warsaw, Sandwell and Wolverhampton, have agreed the best route forward following the sudden withdrawal of Dudley is to produce their own plans, whilst at the same time working closely together and meeting the duty to cooperate. Earlier this week, Warsaw Council leader Mike Bird said the proposals had cost in excess of £1 million and the four authorities would try to reclaim the cash from Dudley Council. And the chief potentially plunged the Wensbury to Broly Hill metro extension into jeopardy after he withdrew its support amid the fallout from the Black Country plan. Hales Owen in Bloom has named this year's winner of the best blooming pub. The clock in Nimmings Road Shell Corner won the award after judges were impressed with new publican Kelly Heath's floral talents. Kelly designs and plants up all the troughs, planters and hanging baskets and she picked a Commonwealth Games theme with red, white and blue and the Platinum Jubilee with purple and silver. The secretary of Hales Owen in Bloom, Hilary Bills, who was one of the judges, said the judges liked the idea that Kelly had done all of the work herself and had put a lot of thought into her plant and colour selections. The judges also awarded highly commended to the Loyal Lodge, Horn Tavern, the Wickley, the Wagon and Horses, the Swan and the last winner, the Edward VII. Eve O'Connor, chair of Hales Owen in Bloom, said... Hells Owen in Bloom wants to thank all the pubs in Hells Owen who make that extra effort to make their pubs look so inviting with great floral displays. Two new stores are opening at Merry Hill, the latest in a lineup of new arrivals to the Briley Hill Shopping Centre. Opening their doors are Beaver Brooks the Jewellers and Paper Chase, which makes its long-awaited return to Merry Hill. It comes after the centre announced they plan to open a Ted Baker store and Hollywood Bowl bowling alley, as well as a new and improved H&M. The area manager for Paper Chase said, Merry Hill is extra special as we used to have a store here which sadly closed, so we have wanted one back for a long time. We had such a fabulous customer base and they are as excited as us that we are going back into the centre and we can't wait to welcome them back through our doors. We have managed to get two colleagues back in there that were in the original lineup, Nora and Sarah, as well as creating five new jobs at sales assistant and supervisor level. Now it's time to test your knowledge, as we have the quiz questions for this edition, and they're brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, here are your questions. Are you ready? Question 1. In Ireland, how far back was Halloween commemorated? Question 2. What name did the Celts call witches? Question 3. Where should you hold your breath while walking out on Halloween? Question 4. How many zombies took part in the world record zombie pub crawl? Question 5. What was the fastest a pumpkin has been paddled? And finally, question 6. What was the weight of that paddled pumpkin?
As always, I'll be back to reveal the answers later in the show. But for now, good luck. Cheers for those seasonal questions, Mina. I'll of course give those a ponder. Up now, however, we have another block of local news. And kicking this one off for us, well, it's me. Seven Trent has been urging people to think before they flush, as it showcases the amount of unflushable items that end up in sewer treatments. Every week, around two and a half tonnes of wipes and other items which should not be flushed are poured out from our sewers, the water company says, the same weight as a Range Rover. If the items manage to reach the sewage treatment works without causing a blockage in the network, they are removed through a screening process. Grant Mitchell from Seven Trent said, Unflushables such as wet wipes cause huge problems on our network. They don't break up and dissolve the same way as toilet paper does. They can attach to other items which are incorrectly flushed down the toilet, such as sanitary products and nappies, as well as fats, oils and greases that have incorrectly been poured down the drain and quickly cause a blockage. Mr Mitchell added, These false skips are the result of everyone flushing just one wipe here and there and they're not realising the impact that it's having. The average home sewer pipe is 150mm in diameter, the same as a new roll of toilet paper, so it does not take much for a blockage to form and cause sewage backup into people's homes, the street or the local environment. Many customers may not realise that they are responsible for the waste pipe running away from their home up until it either crosses the property boundary or meets with another waste pipe or sewer, Grant added. It doesn't take much to cause a blockage, and unblocking or repairing this section of pipe can prove to be costly. But it's completely avoidable if you're careful about what you put down your toilet and bin any unflushables. Wolverhampton's ongoing rollout of its digital infrastructure strategy has seen 170 public sector buildings in the city connected to full fibre broadband in just two years, council bosses heard this week. The city's digital lead, Councillor Abed Ahmed, said, Since the adoption of our digital strategy in January 2020, we have connected 170 public sector premises to full fibre broadband through our local full fibre network initiative. With regard to broadband, gigabit connectivity has increased from just 2% in 2020 to 93% this year. In terms of full fibre connectivity, we have gone from less than 1% to 19% in January 2022. However, latest figures hot off the press show that our full fibre connectivity has increased even further and we are now at over 30%. City Fibre's commercial rollout has reached 50,000 homes and 800 businesses and both Virgin and Openreach are upgrading their infrastructure to full fibre. In addition to fibre broadband, this council has also ensured improvements in mobile connectivity, including 5G, she added. All mobile network operators have announced the rollout in the city, with our proactive approach accelerating this rollout by at least six months. The city is also building on key strengths, including the 5G application accelerator, and the University of Wolverhampton, which is now the Cyber University of the Year, has innovation labs at both the Science Park and National Brownfield Institutes. However, these massive improvements in digital infrastructure mean nothing if our residents cannot benefit. Therefore, we are ensuring all residents have access to devices, connectivity and skills to take advantage of what digital has to offer. Our Wolves Online scheme is now working with over 40 trusted partners across the city. The scheme has lent out over 1,000 devices and over 1,500 residents have been supported to get online and improve their digital skills. We are also working with health partners to deliver a further 800 devices, said Councillor Amit. We continue to grow our digital economy and support residents to access jobs and support business needs for now and in the future. This approach remains especially critical in this cost of living crisis. A pop-up waste tip set up for residents in the north of a black country borough has been judged a success. The pop-up waste tip at Lister Road in Dudley gave residents in North Dudley a chance to dispose of household waste and recycling. 
It comes after access to Anchor Lane in Bilsden was denied to Dudley residents after Dudley Council and Wolverhampton Council, who operate the tip, failed to agree a deal. Dudley Council this month unveiled a monthly mobile collection scheme to help people in the north of the borough recycle unwanted items. Following some concerns by residents, it has now been confirmed that the pop-up tips will allow mattresses and household furniture. Held on Saturday, it saw more than 250 bookings made on what is set to be a monthly event. King's Winford, Councillor Shaz Salim, Cabinet Member for Public Realm at Dudley Council, helped to set up the tip and said that while it had been a massive success, he still wanted to address questions about the tip for future events. Councillor Salim said that 40% of those attending were from Coesley and 30% from Sedgley and spoke about how the new venture would boost Dudley's capacity to be efficient in its overall recycling goal. All places must be pre-booked and the centre is open on the third Saturday of every month from 8am to 3.30pm. Wolverhampton is the worst city in the UK for recycling waste at home, a new study has found. A new study compiled by Every Can Counts to mark Recycle Week found just 28% of Wolfranians always recycle at home, compared to 100% of Litchfield residents. Only 22% of Wolverhampton residents recycle when out and about, compared to 90% of in Litchfield, which was the fourth best recycling place in the UK. Birmingham had the lowest percentage of household waste sent for recycling and composting in the UK, with 22.5%. Wolverhampton was the third lowest, with 35.3%. The top reason given by Wolverhampton residents why they do not recycle more is they feel confused about what packaging is and isn't recyclable, 22%. 35% of Wolverhampton residents say clearer symbols or recycling guidance on product packaging would help them recycle more. The lack of recycling bins in public places in Wolverhampton is another factor and 17% believed the local authority could do more to help encourage recycling locally. Those in Wolverhampton consume an average of four drinks from cans each week with aluminium drink cans amongst the city's most recycled type of packaging. Chris Latham-Ward, Programme Manager for Every Can Counts, said, Businesses and organisations that are keen to make a difference but don't know how or where to start can head to our website to request one of our free recycling packs. It really couldn't be easier to take those first steps to get your local community recycling more. Every Can Counts is a partnership formed between drink can manufacturers, drink can fillers and the wider recycling industry, all with the goal of reaching a 100% recycling rate for drink cans. The programme provides free recycling support to businesses and organisations around the UK. To find out more information about Every Can Counts, visit everycancounts.co.uk. Up next, we hear from our site loss advisor Pete, who asked for some news about the launch of our 2023 calendars and diaries. Well, I guess it's that time of year again where you may be thinking about next year's calendars and diaries. Well, Beacon are now taking orders for 2023 large print calendars and diaries. So they range, well, the diaries range from a six size sort of pocket diaries right the way through to A4 diaries. And there's even an A4 jumbo diary with extra pages in, so a bit more space. Nice and clear, big and bold text, so easier to see. There are also 2023 calendars available now. A3 portrait calendars and A3 landscape calendars too. So if you would like to order your 2023 large print calendars and diaries for next year, Beacon are now taking orders. So give us a call on 01902 880 111 
and ask for a sight loss advisor. That's 01902 880 Coming up next on this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we have another block of local news. And starting this one off, we first hear from Liz. People have braved the rain and took to picket lines across the Black Country as the long-running dispute with Royal Mail continues over pay and conditions. Members of the Communication Workers Union, CWU, gathered outside the Sun Street Depot in Wolverhampton and other spots in the region. The strike action includes workers who collect, sort and deliver parcels and letters at the company, with another day of action taking place on October the 25th. Union chiefs have accused Royal Mail of planning structural change, which would effectively see employees in secure jobs turned into financially precarious workforce overnight, and have accused the chief executive of sidestepping talks aimed at avoiding strike action. The union said that in recent weeks, relations between worker and employer have deteriorated, with Royal Mail serving legal notice that it was withdrawing from existing agreements with the CWU, as well as threatening to cut 10,000 jobs following strike action last week. But the company has said on October the 14th they announced losses of £219 million in the first half of the year, and it demonstrated the urgent need for it to change, with strike action potentially causing operational restructuring and job losses. West Midlands Mayor Andy Street has insisted the Dudley Metro extension from Wensbury to Briley Hill is a priority amid confusion about its future. He spoke at West Midlands Combined Authority, WMCA, scrutiny panel meeting where he clarified the intention to extend to Briley Hill was still there. He stressed that construction of the Phase 1 Dudley Town Centre to Wensbury route was underway. However, the extension from Wensbury to Briley Hill was put on hold with all members committing to finding funding for the extension. The Wensbury to Briley Hill extension is now referred to as Phase 2 of the Dudley Metro Plan and members will meet in January to agree options for funding it. Mr Street said, So where we are right now is we do not have enough money for the full cost of Dudley to Briley Hill. The board met to review this in July and every leader gave their firm commitment to this being a priority all the way to Briley Hill and to ask the officers, and more importantly me, to find the cash to do that. So it's not being axed beyond Dudley or anything. There is a firm commitment to do this. We have to find the funding. A series of pop-up COVID-19 clinics are helping people across the city to get their boosters. The clinics, which have been running in various parts of Wolverhampton over the last few months, are run in conjunction with Central Health and St John's Ambulance and were set up by Wolverhampton Council. A clinic has been set up outside Whitmarine's library, providing first, second and booster doses from Wednesday 26th of October to Friday October 28th. A pop-up clinic is also available at Park Village Education Centre in Low Hill every Saturday, Sunday and Monday from 10am to 6pm and on Tuesday afternoons from 1pm to 7pm up until December 23rd. Councillor Jasper Jaspal, Wolverhampton Council's Cabinet Member for Public Health and Wellbeing said, We are receiving incredibly positive feedback about the pop-up clinics which are making it even easier for people to get their COVID-19 vaccinations at times and venues that are safe and convenient to them. Pop-ups have delivered over 3,400 vaccinations, and that's of course in addition to the vaccines delivered at the various other locations operating in Wolverhampton. More details of the clinics can be found by calling 119. A mother of three is set to fly out to Florida to compete in the official Strongman Games. Maria Krasinska from Dudley will compete for the title of World's Strongest Woman after qualifying for the event earlier this year. The 41-year-old was crowned world champion in the Masters category, aged 40 and over, at the World Heavy Events Association World Championship late last year and is hoping to take this success into the competition. 
juggling training with working part-time shifts at McDonald's and looking after three children, Maria maintains a busy schedule but says her love for the sport is what keeps her going. She said, During the competition, there are multiple events which test you in different ways. There's a 13-inch axle deadlift, then there's farmer's walk. On the second day, there's the sandbag to shoulder. The top 10 competitors after these events will then qualify for the final day, which sees participants tackle the famous Atlas stone lift. It will also see competitors lift and carry a hollowed-out VW Beetle weighing 267.5 kilograms. Maria only started training in weightlifting to get over a knee injury she sustained while boxing, but fell in love with it instantly. The event will be held between November the 11th and the 13th in Daytona, Florida, and is completely self-funded meaning Maria needs to raise £1,000 to cover accommodation and flights to take the place she's earned. She came 16th in 2021 and is hoping to do better this year. Training and fundraising to ensure she arrives in Florida for the competition in the best shape possible. I love the sport and I just want to do the best I can at it, she said. It is something I'm very passionate about and enjoy. I don't want to look back and think... I could have done that. This time round, I want to make it to the last day. That is my aim. Up now, it's trivia time. Brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Hello everybody. Well, the 31st of October has long been a date when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest and everything from ghouls and evil spirits to Satan himself can climb through and wreak havoc. So on a night like this, nothing is quite what it seems. So it's best you are prepared. Now then, did you know that? (coughs) Halloween is one of the world's oldest traditions. It began in Ireland and dates back 2,000 years to the Celts who called it Samhain. The Halloween costume actually had a practical purpose. The Celts would dress up in order to blend in with the spirits. When All Hallows' Eve was co-opted by Christians, the new tradition was to dress up as the devil in the belief that Satan would flee when he saw people mocking him and attacking his pride. Witches used to be honoured and were known as the crowed amongst the Celts until fear of older women, particularly those who didn't marry, spread and the kindly figure of the crone morphed in the popular mind to a cackling evil witch. The last legal witch hangings in England took place in Bidford in Devon and the last in Scotland took place in Dornoch in Sutherland. A useful precaution on Halloween is to hold your breath when walking past a graveyard so that you don't get possessed by an evil spirit. Also, you should turn out your pockets so you don't accidentally carry a ghost home. Another way to keep those pesky evil spirits at bay is to light a bonfire. Spirits are terrified of the light and heat created by a fire and would much rather skulk around in the dark. The largest gathering of zombies on record took place in October 2014 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, USA. It was a zombie pub crawl that numbered 15,458 zombies of the living dead as recorded by the Guinness World Records. Imagine walking into that lot on a dark night. And here we have another Guinness World Record. The fastest 100 metres paddled in a pumpkin was 2 minutes 0.3 seconds. The achievement was set by a man who sat in a carved out pumpkin that weighed 272.16 kilos, that's 600 pounds and he used a kayak paddle to travel those 100 metres in the waters of Trafalgar Wharf in Hampshire in 2013. And chances are good that at some point in your life you've either played or watched other children dunk their heads in water with abandon to retrieve a prized apple. Apple bobbing, however, was once a popular game in early Europe, when there were different variations of the game. The purpose remained the same though, to see the future of one's love life. Ha-ha, then. Ghosts and ghouls and things that go bump in the night. Whatever you do, have fun. 
it's the start of silly season with nights drawing in so don't forget to turn your clocks back an hour on the 30th and enjoy an extra lie-in i know there are bill till next week then keep warm keep well keep safe bye for now ta a bit ta up now we have to hear what the weather has in store for us brought to us as always by mina The weather for this week ahead is going to be a bit of everything with even a chance of thunderstorm next week. Temperatures for the week will be typically hovering around 13 degrees. UV levels are expected to be low throughout the week. The sunrise and sunset times are 7.57am for the sunrise at the start of the week and as the clocks go back at the weekend it will be 16 37 p.m. for the sunset by the end of the week. For Friday 28th of October we have light rain and a moderate breeze with a maximum temperature of 15 degrees. Moving on to Saturday 29th of October we have light rain and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 14 degrees. On Sunday 30th of October we have light rain and gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 13 degrees. For Halloween Monday 31st of October through to Wednesday 2nd of November we have rain showers and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 13 degrees. And for Thursday 3rd of November it's light rain and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 13 degrees. So, that's your forecast for the week as always. Enjoy the weather! Cheers for that weather update, Mina. Up now, it's time to find out how our local football teams have been getting on. (laughs) Wolves sunk to a new low and are now level on point at the bottom of the Premier League table after a 4-0 battering at home to Leicester. Despite a quick start from the hosts, a sensational Yuri Tielemann strike after seven minutes began the onslaught and Wolves crumbled under the pressure. Terrible defending saw Harvey Barnes at the second before half-time, while second-half strikes from James Madison and Jamie Vardy added insult to injury. The home fans turned on the Wolves' hierarchy for the first time as they watched a team that had failed to win in five away games this season saunter to victory. The result leaves Wolves level on points with the bottom club Nottingham Forest, who beat Liverpool on Saturday, with goal difference the only thing keeping Wolves in 19th. Speaking after the game, centre-back Collins said, It's not good enough. End of. It's nowhere near where we need to be. It's a shambles. A poor performance. It was embarrassing playing that today, and I feel ashamed for me and the players, and we need a reaction. We said it before the game. Both boxes. You look at the stats. We've had so many chances. We've had the better chances probably, but we don't score a goal. They have five shots and score four goals. Defensively and attacking, we're nowhere near where we need to be. I don't think it can get much worse. I think we can get better. There's so much quality in this dressing room to get better, and I think we will. We've gone so low, we can only bounce back up. It's my job and the other leaders in the group to get us going and get the performances to get us out of this. Wolves next have a trip to the capital as they take on Brentford this Saturday. Returning defender Kyle Bartley was shown a late red card as troubled Albion were condemned to a last-minute 2-1 defeat at Millwall. Albion, who prior to kick-off were reported to be in advanced talks with ex-Huddersfield manager Carlos Corberan, sunk to the second bottom of the Championship following consecutive defeats for caretaker Richard Beale's side. It was an afternoon in south-east London that started so well for the much-changed visitors as Beale's six alterations to his starting eleven appeared to make the difference, with John Swift converting 20 minutes on from pantomime villain Jed Wallace's cross. Bartley, left out in the cold after his nightmare against Blues five weeks ago, made a surprising return, and exceeded in a promising first-half display, where his physicality shone through. The host struck a controversial equaliser as Callum Styles lifted him from a free kick that should not have been given. But Bartley picked up two cautions in the space of 17 second half minutes to be dismissed five minutes from time, by which point, with Millwall on top in the second half, the visitors would have happily taken a point home. It wasn't to be though, as Albion was sliced open by an extra man 
and the lively Tyler Burley struck a bobbed winner, with keeper Alex Palmer unable to keep out what appeared to be a weak effort. The Baggies next welcome Sheffield United to the Hawthorns on Saturday, and then find themselves hosts again on Tuesday as they take on Blackpool. Have you done any good at the quiz this week? Well, now's the time to find out, as we have the quiz answers. Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Are you ready? Question one. In Ireland, how far back was Halloween commemorated? And the answer, 2,000 years ago. Question two. What name did the Celts call witches? And the answer here is Crohn's. Question three. Where should you hold your breath while walking out on Halloween? And the answer, it's if you're passing a graveyard. Question four. How many zombies took part in the world record zombie pub crawl? And the answer here is 15,458. Question five. What was the fastest a pumpkin has been paddled? And the answer here is 2 minutes, 0.23 seconds. And finally, question 6. What was the weight of that paddled pumpkin? And the answer, 600 pounds. That's 272.16 kilos. How did you do? Great, I hope. But if not, there's always a chance to have another go next week. Thank you very much for those answers, Mina. Up now, to conclude this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we have an article about a recent show documenting the life of footballer Billy Wright. There was laughter, applause and not a few tears as the story of a black country sporting legend hit the big stage. More than 350 people came to pay reverence to the late Great William Ambrose Wright, better known as one club man, Wolves and England captain, Billy Wright, at the Prince of Wales Theatre in Cannock last week. Less a show and more of a celebration, the Billy Wright story was an emotional journey through the life and times of the man once described as too small to make it as a footballer, but who made it to the top of the game. Drawing on archive footage and family photos, Billy's eldest daughter Vicky spoke from the heart about her father, showing the journey he took to get to Wolves in the late 1930s and how his dream was nearly ended by a broken ankle during the war. Beaming with pride, Vicky spoke fondly about her father's first game for England, his friendship with Hungary captain Ferenc Puskas and how much he valued his time at Wolves and with England, including being able to wave to his wife as he got his 100th cap for England against Scotland in April 1959, just six days after the birth of Vicky. She also told a funny story about how Billy saw Joy Beverley for the first time when the England squad went to a show and she was performing. Vicky said that Ron Flowers told her how the team teased him on the way, with Billy being really bashful and shy about it. But, as Ron Flowers put it, he got his own back though, as he married her six months later. At times funny, other times poignant, the talk by Vicky moved on to Billy's love of his family and how when he was working for Central TV and was forced to work in Birmingham for extended periods, he developed an alcohol addiction, something Vicky said was difficult to talk about and not something many people knew. However, as Vicky pointed out, he overcame his problem and became our Billy again, with a sweet tale of how he sat with his new granddaughter Kelly all night while Vicky slept in the hospital. At the heart of it, you could see how much Billy Wright still means to his daughter and how, 28 years after his death, he is still loved by his family, by wolves and by anyone who knew him. The first half concluded with a video showing how the Waterloo Road stand at Molyneux became the Billy Wright stand, with the man himself giving a speech when it opened, and how, when he died in September 1994, the outpouring of emotion was clear for all to see, as it was at the unveiling of the statue in his honour. 
The second half delivered a change in mood as Vicky's partner, comedian Bobby Davro, provided an hilarious and at times close to the knuckle comedy set, speaking about his own father, Olympic runner Bill Nankerville, and the fact that Bill and Billy were both in the same army regiment in Aldershot in the 1940s. Two Wolves legends provided their own memories of Billy Wright, with Mel Eves talking about Billy Wright inviting him to sit in an executive box with him at Molyneux during a reserves game, and how modest Billy was. Ted Farmer then told a lovely story about Wolves beating Honved in 1954, and the Hungarian coach asking Billy where several of the players had come from, with Billy saying, Warsaw, and the coach replying, Thank God we weren't playing them. (laughs) The best story of the night concerned the wedding of Billy Wright and Joy Beverly, who decided to get married at a registry office in Poole as Joy was on tour in nearby Bournemouth. Vicky Wright told how the couple and the other Beverly sisters were driving into Poole and were met with a traffic jam and thousands of people on the roadside, which led Billy Wright to lean out of the window and ask a policeman what was going on with the officer replying, I think they're here to see you. The evening ended with lovely tributes from across football and family to Billy Wright, a tribute that left people wiping away a tear. He may be gone, but Billy Wright will never be forgotten as long as shows like The Billy Wright Story are around and people like Vicky Wright are around to tell them. So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish a happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902 880 Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV46AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us, stay safe, have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. ta